Welcome to BuildCast, a podcast brought to you by BCG Digital Ventures. Hello, my name is Vuk Drivkovic. I'm Product Management Director at BCG Digital Ventures in Berlin. And for this episode, I'm joined by Florian Gamper. Florian is an engineering leader with a broad variety of experiences as a CTO. He has led great many projects in a variety of contexts and situations, from agency work to VC-funded startups to many corporate innovation vehicles as well. He has been Head of Engineering for Europe for BCG DV, where two of us had a chance to work briefly together. And he has also led engineering at Autcare Digital and played a series of interim CTO and consultant roles in corporate startups, for instance, for Cornelsen Verlag, 365 Farmnet, or ADAC Camping as well. Florian is a passionate advocate for technical excellence, strong engineering teams, and for building effective technical products. Florian, how did you become involved in corporate innovation in the first place? Uh, by accident, uh, somehow. I must admit, I never planned my career the way it was. It was more like the way opportunities came, and that was based on my urge to learn more. So I started as a developer and then worked myself up as an architect. And then one company had the opportunity to become a CTO and learned a lot on that job with a proper engineering background and seeing how that difference on the way from people that came from management. And then in 2015, um, I was the CTO at a small startup here in Berlin, was there for three and a half years, built it up, we were running, and I was looking for something new. And BCG Digital Ventures was looking for a head of engineering. And that was like so compelling because there was this idea of having all these possibilities when you're not looking for the next funding round every five minutes, thinking about what you can do when you're not restricted on that way and really have this backing of, let's say, corporate money so that you can do it properly and do less compromises that you would usually do when you bootstrap your startup because just of lack of resources. And what was your first impression when you joined the DV back in the day? That was actually very early on in, in a life cycle as well. So you must have some war stories. <sighs> I was the first engineer. It was really a challenge to bring this thinking of, let's say, tangible things into this mind of consulting culture. This like, this is a result. This is not a, let's do it that way. This is something that customers will use afterwards and you are responsible for the implementation. That was something new in the consulting area. And that was like, at the beginning, a bit, a bit weird in my mind because I had all these ideas and I first had to figure out how do I present them so that they get understood because in my domain, they were totally clear. Did it get different once you moved to Autker Digital? Given that it was less professional services oriented and you had one corporate backer that had a very clear agenda and perhaps a slightly different structure. Mm-hmm. And Otke, it was set up at the beginning that digital projects that they're going to do will be done with Otke Digital. On the same level, we were allowed to say no to projects in terms of like, if we don't think that this is valuable, because at the beginning, Otke thought of us more like kind of an agency. Our first Christmas party, we, we had t-shirts where we had the slogan, we're not an agency, because that was their experience before when they did digital projects. It was, they did a briefing, they throwed it over the fence. It came back six months later, they were impressed or not. And with us, it was different because Edgar Digital was set up uh, as a complete agile company with 
all the stuff that is needed and that's participation. And they were really, let's say, a bit overwhelmed at the beginning how much work that is to work with us, to be there for our questions and to be there so that we can understand what the domain is, what the customer wants and getting into research and being part of that team that builds that new venture. That's something they were not used to, but that was part of that understanding what a digital transformation is. And that was quite good for Edge Digital to be there and then to be the constant in that we're doing a digital project. What were you actually building at Autker Digital? In the first year, we launched three ventures, uh, four. One thing that came out of us and not just with the corporate. So the first one was Backend.de, which is a, a platform for baking because Edgar has this huge knowledge about how to do baking. When you have an, this box with all the ingredients and you've done something wrong, like put too much butter in or oil, you can call them. And there's someone that has this tremendous knowledge about how it works who's going to save your cake. There is kind of like a cake hotline. And they wanted to do that project and they already did it once, I think twice. And they were unhappy with that result in terms of like throwing it over the fence and getting a result. And so what we did, we did a lot of research. We got a lot of insight because Oetker usually sells in retail. So they didn't have this, what do people really do with our boxes? And for them, it was really eye-opening that like nearly no one bakes them like the recipe is on that box. Everybody adds a bit of ingredients that he likes or doesn't have that and substitutes it with something else. And for them, that was kind of an eye-opener that people tend to modify that recipe on that box. Also, it was good for them to see like how we segmented that area into people that have to bake for someone like a school thing for their kids or people that love to bake and do this kind of like Fondor, Eiffel Tower stuff. And people that do that for a family reason, like as a, as a family event, baking with the kids, so that they saw how different their market is and not just from a perspective of a market research paper, but really hands-on seeing these people interact with their product and getting direct results in terms of feedback. That was really eye-opening for them. And the hiring is a big part of that transformation. Yes. It must be a challenge sometimes to explain to an engineer why to work for a baking company, <laughs> even for a digital arm of a baking company. Um, it, it was not different to what we did at DV. So BCG is, was not very famous for having engineers. And the same was for Edgar. It's not the biggest brand at the beginning where you say like, okay, uh, as an engineer, that's the place where I want to go. So as an engineering lead, when you start hiring that team, the thing that you have to build the most is trust. People have to trust you inside of that interview that you're going to do something great and that it will be fun to work with you and that this is something where they can thrive and where they can grow and where they're going to do stuff that they like. That's not easy because at the beginning, often you don't even have a project and you hire in the void. But it's this credibility that you have to transport and this trust. So for example, in recruiting I'm usually super honest. I tell you what we're good at. I tell you what we're bad at. And I also tell you what's not going to change. So when you inherit something from mother company in terms of processes, don't try to say you're not going to have this. Because especially in corporate startups, you usually inherit something. Even though you are the new agile fancy kit, 
some of the culture goes into you always. You have to be honest about that and tell the people the truth so that they are prepared. The worst job that I ever had was once where I was told the grass is green, you're on a green field, you can do whatever you will with the project. And when I came, it was two and a half years old, brownfield, and the project manager was not told that I was joining. So Florian, the reason why we wanted to talk to you about corporate innovation is because you've also seen it from a completely different angle, and that it's from the angle of spun out. Recently, you've been playing a mm. role frequently of, uh, I don't know, Mr. Fixit or a firefighter or a consultant. What do you encounter on the other side? And what are your levers to make things better? Uh, the role is different every time, and that's one of the wonderful things. So it's never that you have, like, this is my, my playbook, I have to go through this. It really depends on what the company is, is up to and what it's facing. So either the CTO has left and you couldn't find a new one, but you want to maintain that being sure that everything is fine and that it's not falling off the cliff. On the other hand, you could be an advisor to an existing CTO who's like fresh in the job and needs someone to talk to when he has ideas and tap into your experience. Then there is this third place where something went severely wrong and they know they're on a verge and they need someone to pull the cart out of the mud. The only thing that like very rarely happens is that you come somewhere where everything is good. <laughs> there is always something happening. Um, I'm currently working with a company near Stuttgart where I'm the remote head of engineering. Their CTO got sick and they actually wanted to prepare for the moment where something could go wrong. So they were running really smoothly. A lot of things were super fine. Yeah, they had some stuff that could be better, but it's like usually in a startup, there's always room for improvement because you're under time pressure. But they said like, we're running fine, it's good. But what we wanted to be sure is that in half a year, it's still the same. So Florian, you have been playing the role of an interim CTO, of somebody who comes in on a temporary basis. And this isn't unusual. A lot of engineers are coming into startups, coming into companies as, as freelancers. What's your thought process when you evaluate that tricky moment of, oh, actually, is this something that I want to spend more time on and should I stay here? This is something that I saw the last year when Corona kicked in and all this stuff is like, what would take me to accept a permanent position again? I got to believe in the product. In me is this, this urge to build a product, not just like for the first six months, but also like to have it on a longer term and like really work on it. Not just bring it on the street and see the first reactions, but really like get it to version two and three and get it to stale and to really see how that project evolves. The second is the people that I work with, which is the, the most important one. This having people whom you really want to work with. You don't want to work for the next five years in a corporate way. In the morning, you think, like, oh, I have to work with that guy again. And the third thing is this urge in me to have this deeper level in terms of like integrating teams to the team, make them have fun doing this, seeing the customer. This is like this whole package, uh, tapping into the business, understanding the customer, this thing and usually you don't get that deep when you when you just do like uh, six months what would be your pitch to a startup engineer considering joining a corporate startup or a corporate organization and what would you tell them to look out for and what would you tell them to embrace one of the big plus sides of a corporate startup if you're in the same domain is this incredible amount of knowledge of the domain that you have to tap in that can give you an incredible advantage and their already established connection to your user base. 
that this usable thing is a gift and also a burden because they think they're already doing the right things and you want to do everything differently. But like for an engineer is embrace that while questioning it because you're trying to do something new. And that could mean that the old knowledge is not as valuable as it's seen while it can be. And if it is, it is your unfair advantage in building that thing and making it great. But always keep in mind, it's not for the sake of doing it. One things in corporate startup, I, I've seen that they're kind of like PR projects. They cost a lot of money. They don't make one. And you see them also not really trying to. But they're now agile and they have this and they have this on their page that they have a digital lab. And you think like, yeah, but what are you doing? This is not how it works. And this is something I would not try to get the engineers into because that's not a very good experience because you feel that you don't have impact. I have to say I have a similar experience. I was discussing the KPIs with a potential client of ours. And then I said, that's a vanity KPI. And the response floored me. The response was, that's great. I, I'm very vain and I want people to hear about me. That's all I care about. Yeah. And, and that's something I, I would no one suggest to go in. But if the company really has this urge to do something new and break some of their rules, then this is a good place. This is what I would ask is like, can I break rules? Which rules can I break? What do you want to achieve? And don't fall into the marketing. We want to become the best of the best of the best of the best. Because that's never true. It's never going to happen. So to really tap in how much change the company tries to achieve there. And if it's just a lighthouse project or something that wants to play back into the bigger realm of the company. And that is something that I would go to. Fantastic. And to close up, I wanted to ask you, how do you think corporates could win the next decade of innovation? How can the corporates shape it and benefit from it most? Uh, even though they're going to make a lot of money now, this can change in a much more rapid way than they ever thought. Disruption is nothing that is like introduced 10 years ago and then it can, can slightly react on this. They have to act now. And what that means is they have to change to become more customer focused and less internally focused. A lot of energy goes to waste for internal fights because of hierarchy and stuff like that. And when you think about transformation, especially digital ones, that often goes into this line of agility. And I can't emphasize how much mindset is the key there and not process. Don't buy Scrum or less or safe implemented and think you're agile. Agile is something that has to happen in your mind and that you have to understand and that you know what that means in terms of that change happens. People are adverse to change. They don't like it. You have to introduce to them. This is a good thing. You transform mindsets and by transforming mindsets and thoughts, you transform your company, not by a process. And that's something that a lot of these companies don't understand. And if they don't do, they're going to be very, very surprised how fast things can change. Thank you for listening. For more information about BCG Digital Ventures, find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. And stay tuned for more episodes of BuildCast.